Salamat Gedzatun, the worship team. Thank you for the songs. And indeed, we are uh, people who likes to sing songs, people who likes to express. Sa ambahanon, sa atun pagdayaw, sa iyang. And I know wherever you are today, your heart is somehow open to God today. I know there are some of you, you may not feel well today, but nevertheless, make a choice to worship, to honor, and to listen to Him today. Now, the message this Sunday is still coming from the book of Colossians. Arakita series Agiapon. And we are going to look at what God is saying to us through this book written by Paul himself. The title is A Christ-Centered Relationship. Ang relasyon nga sentro si Jesus. It is a relations or relationship that reflects Christ in all of this relationship. And uh, I can assure you that you are going to be blessed today. You see, in a society that doesn't know the true God, as Christian, our actions will show them God. We should reflect Him to the world, to our society, because the world is desperate. They need Him. They need Jesus Christ. So as follower of Christ, as follower of King Jesus, we are part of his body, and his body is the church. You are the church, we are the church, and we are to treat each other with respect. And if, of course, uh, when you talk about respecting others, we are to forgive each other. And on top of all that, we are to love one another. Now, society needs church like this. People who live for Jesus. Now, churches who are the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to show these people, we are to show our community, we are to show people that this church is going to look like just Jesus. He looks like Jesus. Now, we are going to show them how you and I we carry ourselves in a community where we live. Now, we are to look like Jesus in our individual lives. We are to look like Jesus, of course, in our local church, wherever we are. We are to look like Jesus even in our family relationships, in our marriages. And we must look like Jesus even when we are at our place of work because that's where we can relate and that's where they can hear and can see Christ. Now, we are about to see relationship where we are going to reflect Jesus Christ. So let's, let's go this morning and find out what the Word of God is about to say about relationships. We are going to look at Colossians again and Colossians chapter 3 verses 18 to chapter 4 verse 1. Colossians 3, 18 until chapter 4 verse 1. 
Let me read that to you. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, and they will become discouraged. Verse 22, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eyes is on you, and to carry their favor, but with sincerity of the heart and reverence for the Lord. For whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, if is the Lord Christ you are serving, Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Last verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Mga muyo kita, Lord, ginakumit namon sa imo ang amon pagpamati, ang amon pagbaton sang imupulong. Salamat o Dios that your Holy Spirit is able to not just empower our mind, but Lord, make your word so clear that they are not listening to a man, they're listening to God himself. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we can learn and apply your word. I know that this is very important message that we are about to receive today. And so we want to say thank you in advance and give you all the glory sa imo hikuton, kagpagapadayon nga hikuton sa amon kabuhi. Ginabalik namon ang pagpasalamat sa imo sa ngalan ni Kristo Jesus, ngamon man luluwas kagagalon. And everyone will say, Amen. Amen. Again, it's a great opportunity to listen to God's Word today. The title is about relationship, and this is not just, you know, a, an ordinary relationship. It's a relationship that reflects God. It's a Christ-centered relationship. Now, there are three relationships that was mentioned here, and it's very important that Paul addresses it so that not only the Colossian people or Colossian church will be able to understand, but for us today. Para ini sa aton. Now, to, uh, uh, to have some understanding about this, we are going to look at these three relationships that reflects Christ in the believer's life. What are they? Well, one, number one, is that the marriage relationship. Now, this is the relationship between husband and wife. So if you are a husband and you are a wife, this is the message for you. Another message about relationship that Paul deals with this in this context is the family relationships. And this has something to do with relationship between children and parents or parents and their children. And the third one is a relationship at work. And he was dealing with masters 
and servants or slaves. Or in our context today, it could be employers and employee relationship. Let's go to the first one. Relationship in merits. It's found in verse 18 to 19. Ang unang again tagaan sining, uh, I probably call it as a command, is the wife or the wives. In par- the wife in particular, in general, wives. Wives are addressed first. Wives submit to your husbands. I know that the word submit doesn't set well or doesn't sound okay to some people, particularly sa mga kababayan. Because perhaps they don't know what does this mean. Sometimes the connotations of submit or submission may be negative for many. But what does it mean? Ano blabot silingon submission or submit? To submit. Well, submit is a word that has a voluntary connotation to it. Wives are not told to obey. Children in this passage are told to obey. Slaves also are told to obey. But wives are told to submit. Now, this word submission or submit to your husbands, in another way of putting this is simply to subject or to put oneself under. To put oneself under. Now, this does not mean that husband compels the wife to do so. No. This is an absolutely a voluntary act. And this command is for the wife to submit to their loving leadership or the loving leadership of their husband. In other words, it's not a command for the husband to subject her wife to his leadership. Nabatik ko nag-aaway kung kaisa ang Christian mag-asawa. Kagamon yung gina-quote sa iyabana sa iyang asawa. Oo? Gina-violate mo nga basang pulong sa ginoo kaya wala kaga submit sa akon. Submit ka dapat. And of course, uh, simpre negative ang wife. So there, there will always be quarrel you know, with this particular word in the Bible. Now, but let me continue with it. Submitting is a voluntary yielding. Yielding your what? Your rights to your husband. In other words, you have the right to not to submit. You have the right to be the right person or to say the right words or to, to, to uh, somehow say that you have something to tell. That your rights should be followed by your husband. But then, bangod sang tinaga nga submission, we know that the wife will yield. Instead nga mambasa right kone hindi niya paggamiton inang right niya. And when the wife do that, that means that's already submission. Now, it's doing something because you want it. Wala agin puwersa. 
So please, ha? husband, don't force your wife to submit to you. That's a voluntary yielding to you as a husband. It's a voluntary doing of something for a greater good. Ang rason nga mahambal ka, I will submit, even though sometimes I can go against, you know, sa akon nga husband, but I would choose to submit because for the purpose of greater good. Now, what is greater good? What is really greater good? Now, when you look at the passage again, the Bible says, submit because it pleases God. <laughs> submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Because it's pleasing God. Now, wives, submit to your husband, not just you know, to please or to serve your husband. No, because you submit to your husband because it is an act of submission to Jesus. So when you do that, you are not just simply submitting because you want to follow and obey the word, but because you look at your husband that when you follow submission, even though you have the right to go against, you submit because you are following, telling Jesus, I'm willing to obey you, Lord. The word, this is pleasing to God, is so important. This is pleasing to God. Submission pleases God. So when God designed family, He designed family with order. Just like He designed everything else in creation, from chaos to order. So here it is. That order doesn't raise or lower anyone's importance. That's why when He created man and, and, and the woman, male and female, He says they're equal. So when God said to the passage that we read, written by Paul, to submit does not lower down your importance. Now, the order doesn't mean God loves someone more and the other one less. So it doesn't mean that He loves, <laughs> he loves men more or He loves husband more than he loves the wife or the wives? No. That does not imply when he said that wife submit. Now, his order of submission in the family, in particular in the relationship, is about function. It's about pattern or method. So that means amun yung methodologies ang ginoo nga kun hindi mo pag pag submit ang imo kauglingon as a wife may tendency nga you are going uh, away from the pattern or from the function or for the system itself for the family to function properly God has established order or what we call proper arrangement and that's why, wife, you must submit. Again, it does not degrade you or it does not make you little less important. You are still the same. It's just because of the system or the so-called function in the purpose of order. 
So wives, when you please God with your action, the family functions as He designed it. That's why the Bible says it's fitting. It pleases God. Siyempre eh, system na sang ginoo, siya naghimo sang uh, pamilya mo. Uh, galing subong makita natin, ginachange na sang iban. Uh, lain na ang pamaagi. And you look at, you look at the result. Uh, kung kaysa, masubra, why ang submit ang uh, wife sa, sa husband. And so the, the husband, amo ang, ang, the rather the wife is the one leading instead of the husband supposed to lead. So there will be disorder, there will be uh, eventually there, there is no right functioning in uh, the design of God for marriage. So he doesn't see you less than a man. He doesn't love you less than a man or than your husband. He doesn't see you as less important, as I've said, than man. He knows best how the family, how marriage should function. He asks you to willingly live in order. And he has laid out that foundation. And then he goes on to address an issue. In the Ilang's wife, but now the second one is that the husbands. And he told the husband, Love your wives and don't be bitter. Now in Ephesians chapter 5, he re echoed again this. The same, and uh, it can relate to the same chapter in Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians again sulat ni Paul with regards to relationship between marriage and he mentioned again husband are told to what to love their wives as Christ loved the church now this love that commanded or that that was commanded in a covenant of love this was a command you must love your wife and this command is not a choice. It's imperative. You have to follow it. Again, kung ang submission is part of the order or function of God for the marriage to be successful, then basically it's the same. For husband to love your wife and don't be bitter with them. Or you must love your wife just like Jesus loves the church. Now, it is not just an emotional love. You know, ang emotional love, yeah, may kwanimong, may katapusan, ti kung wala, naka, wala ka na may nabatsyagan, <laughs> nadulang love. Amo na ang, most of the time, amo na ang ilang, pag-defines ang ginatawag natin love. That is a definition of the world. Now, it's emotional love. Amo na yung ilang, but, this kind of love that was commanded to the husband is not an emotional love. It is something you should choose and continue to promise to your bride or to your wife. Now it's your wife. Now this is happening when you are what? When you are uh, having a wedding. The Blasa wedding. Uh, the uh, officiating minister would say, you know, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, and both of them, when they are asked by 
the officiating minister, they would always say yes, yes, yes. Or they will say, I do. Now that I do does not imply emotional love. Ah, love ko ni susubong kay ti, guapa pa siya. You know, you have several conditions. But this kind of uh, imperative or command by God for to the husband is not about to love based on your emotions, but based on your promise. And this is a choice for the husband. It is a commitment. I would like to say that again. It is a commitment to absolutely never forsake your spouse. Even though you may not feel like you love your wife as once you did. And even though you don't feel that because you made a choice at the altar. You made a choice that you will commit yourself no matter what happened in the future. Now, we're called to love our wives like Jesus Christ loved the church. You realize how exactly He loved the church? He gave His life voluntarily. Jesus gave His life voluntarily. Nobody forces Jesus. He voluntarily gave up everything he had because he loved the church. And that's our model for loving our wives. Wala ka na siyang iban nga, lantawon nga, modelo mo, kung paano mo higugmaon ang imo asawa. You look at Jesus. That's how he loved the church. He loved them so much that nothing even can compete with this love to the church. And we know that Jesus Christ will come again and he will be coming and uh, receive his wife, the church. That's what he's going to do. And so today, we are commanded to love our wives as Jesus loved the church. So when you say, I do, remember this, husbands, when you say, I do, for some of you who have the opportunity uh, naka-experiensya ang wedding ceremony and many of you have said that I do when you say I do ano ang imugin himo? you gave up all your rights to yourself now kung ang, ang asawa nagambal nga madapat masubmit sila it's their own their own choice they are going to give up also their rights and also, let me remind you, husband, that when you say, I do to your wife at the altar during the wedding, you are what? Setting aside all your rights. As a single man, you are now committed to your wife the rest of your life. That's why the Bible says nobody can separate both of you. Only death can do that. It's about putting your wife first and caring for her. So don't take advantage of them. Mm. Don't take advantage your, over your life, over your wife rather. Now such a profound truth that our marriages can, in effect, give a picture of Christ's relationship to the church and to the people around us. Look at what 
Romans, uh, reminded by the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is exactly what Christ did. He says, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. I know that when you, when you married your, your wife, your wife is not perfect. perfect, But the truth is, she is not perfect. One day you knew that there are some things that may imperfections. Same with us as husband. But let should be like Jesus. Jesus, why you are still committing sin? This is what he said in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Why you are still committing sin? Jesus said, I died for you. I died for you in advance. So in marriage, while one is yet selfish, the other serves no matter what. Kung batyagan mo nga si misis mo daw, selfish, no? Sige lang, continue to serve because it's not based on performance. It's based on promise. But a reflection of relationship, we have to go back to Christ himself. Relationship that the husband would be to commit his life to his wife. Just like as Christ committed his life to the church, to love his wife or to love the church and who gladly submits. And the church sometimes doesn't even submit to Jesus, but nevertheless, the husband still loves or Jesus still loves the church. That should be the kind of submission we must have both. Of course, ang wife ginambalansin eh, but for us, we were commanded not to submit, we were commanded to love, to love our wife. Number two, this is now a relationship in the family. It's found in verse 20 and 21 that we read a while ago. And first, this is being addressed through the children. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents, the Bible says, in everything. For this is also pleases God. Again, when the word says pleases God, because, well, there are several things that we need to know about this word obey. The children were not commanded to submit, they were commanded to obey. The word obey literally means hear under. Hear under. That means kung nagapamati, galang, gatangla, kasababawabla, kayara, kasadalumo. Amunang botilingon sana, literally. When you obey, you are actually looking up because you are being told by your authority figure. Who are your authority figure? Your parents. Your mother and your father. Children are to listen and obey under the authority of their parents. Children exhorted to listen to their parents. And not only to listen, but also to recognize that they are over them. Your parents are your authority. In fact, God has somehow choose them to reflect God to their children. They were given that authority to take care of their children. So they have authority 
in your lives. Listen, children, your parents have authority over your life. And you have to submit and obey, rather not submit but obey, because it pleases God. You want to please God? Obey your parents. You see, disobedient children are always a cause of strife and difficulty and it doesn't preserve peace at home. Amo na nga may away ko kaisa, away with regards to the children, there is misunderstanding, disagreement because, you know, some children are now able to talk against their parents. Now, God knows that obedience is an immensely important part of life and ought to be taught to children as they are growing up. Now, to teach your children to obey is extremely important. Now, there are three important reasons why. Why parents must insist that their children must obey. One, Children need to obey their parents because the nature demands it. The nature demands it. When this statement from the Bible says children are to obey, well, for the simplest reason, because this is right. This is right. Now, God has created human beings in such a way that His law is written in their hearts. And the most foundational reason children are to obey their parents is that this is just how it works. Just how God intends to, to work. That's why very clear ang hambal ni Solomon in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, he says, My son, observe the commandment of your father and do not forsake the teaching of your mother it was being addressed to the children now the second reason is this children need to obey their parents number one is a nature naturalina and then parents because the law demands it ang layi kasi no layi layi ang ginoo it's the law of God. Children are to obey because it is particularly the requirements of God's law. The Ten Commandments speaks about that. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, Honor your mother and your father that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Look at the result when you honor your father and your mother. You will have a long life, prolonged life. Subong balalang tawunta, daw makita nato ng mga kabataan because we are now in an environment, as the Bible says also, written by Paul to Timothy, is that in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of good. And then he keeps on trying to write all the characteristics of those who are in the end times and that they are disobedient to their parents. And this is the, the society we're living in. Now, probably, 
Kadamon ang lipat siyang training the Lord. You have to train the Lord. Now, to honor and obey parents is to honor and obey God. And those who give such honor and obedience to their parents open themselves to special blessings. Namin, no? Mas namin ako mag-honor ka. Kaya nga, ah, may special blessings. Pukon, hindi mo pag honor hindi mo pag batunon ang mga ginahambal sa imo sa ginikanan mo. Kaya mo na hambal niyo. Hambal niyo, kung honor mo, you will have long life. Di, kung hindi mo pag-honor, matabo, probably short life eh. Hindi mo maximize ang imo purpose and potentials. Dira, kaya wala mo gin-honor sa nanay-statay mo, father mo, mother mo, parents mo. But if you honor them, Maskin ko ka isa, mambal ka, mas alam ka pa kay, gini, kay nanay, kay tatay mo. Because of what you have achieved or probably because of the information you receive. Siyempre, parents mo yan. Hindi pareho sa mga young generations subong, we are in a generations of technology. So, ang iba natin nga mga parents, ang parents natin, hindi balo maggamit sa kung ano ang mga technology subong. But it does not mean you should not honor them just because they don't know how to operate new technology. But remember, ano paman ang rason mo hindi mo sila pag honor hindi inacceptable sa ginoo. Whether your parents are worthy or not worthy to be honored, you still have no choice but to honor them, no matter what. The third reason why we should obey, because children need to obey their parents because of what? The gospel demands it. The good news of the gospel of the kingdom demands it. So we have nature, we have law, and then we have the gospel. Best of all, children are to obey their parents in the Lord. In the Lord. That's the word, in the Lord. It demonstrates their faith in Jesus Christ. It demonstrates their faith that with Him they are what we call enjoying a personal relationship with the Lord. So if you are saying, I am having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I am a believer, but yet you don't honor and you don't obey your Father. Well, lip service lang ang ginahambal mo. The truth is that you are not honoring God. When you dishonor your parents by not obeying them, you are indirectly dishonoring and disobeying God as well. Because of their personal relationship with you, they also have a relationship with God, so therefore it connects with how you reflect if you are a child, if you are the young people today, and you say you are in Christ. So there is a joy in your relationship, you must show that, so that you can give glory and honor to His name. So the obligation is not merely actually on the side of the child who must obey, but also on the side of the parents who must enforce obedience. If you're a parent today, you must enforce, train your children to obey, to obey you, to obey authority figure. And this is because parents stand as God in the relationship to their children. The only God they can see is you. Parents, the only God they can see is you. 
So when you discipline, do not do it in anger. Or ever we all make mistakes. <laughs> but try your best to never discipline with an anger emotions na ginapakita mo sa imo mga bata. Why? Well, you can do or you can say things you will reg uh, regret. Kung haboy mo na base sa imong uh, anger and resentment or kainit kainit mo, nagwa sa baba mo, later on you will regret. Ay nga, ginambal ko man to sa iya man. And that can be a word of discouragement to your children. So discipline them calmly. No, kabudlay, no, ma'am. Baka paano mo i-discipline, init ulo mo, then you still calm. Yes, you can. You can control your anger. That's why the Bible says, in your angry, do not sin. How do you explain that? How do you express your anger? Well, you tell them you are angry. That's why kung kaysa ang discipline, kinanglan, may hanot nga dala. So that the children will be able to know that what they did was wrong. And they need to be disciplined. And discipline them calmly and being very clear with them that they're being punished by doing something wrong. Now, you see the perfect picture here? Discipline your children like our loving Heavenly Father. Because He disciplines us also. The Bible says, God disciplines us because He loves us. But yet, when God disciplines us, God doesn't lose His control. He is still gentle. So parents, you have this great opportunity to train the children the way they should go. Kagindi mo dapat pagpabayan nga ang mga ginahambas ng pulong sa as far as fathering or mothering your children is concerned just because you love them hindi mo sila pag idisiplina kaya nasakitan ka now kung ang ginoo nagadisiplin sa ato nasakitan man na siya when when we have you know the kind of pain because of discipline or because of things that he allowed for the purpose nga ma strengthen kita sakitan man ang ginoo because what we feel he also feels now, isn't it if you're a parent? I am a parent. Kung mag-discipline ka sa bata mo, hindi, ma hindi manami. No? It is simple kung mag-hibi ang bata, masakit, sakit man para sa iyo. But there are parents that they don't want to do that because they love their children so much. But I tell you, if you don't do that, so uli, ano ang mga lessons na makuha nila? How can they determine the good and the, the right and the wrong thing that they are doing? But one day, confronted by so much things in life. They don't know what to do. Pero kung sa bata pa lang, gintrain mo na sila, the right thing to do, the wrong thing that they need not doing, be doing, then when they, when they go, the Bible says it will not be taken away from them. So make sure your home is constructive environment and not one that constantly tears down children who are constantly criticized. 
ginakritisize sa sulod sang panimalay ang nagakritisize una ang parents pa. Because when you criticize a chi- child, they will grow up expecting to fail. Now, it's very important to know that both, both verse 20 and 21, in this verse, ari, nagakunek ini sila. Now, verse 20 tells us that children has to obey. And then verse 21 says, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. If we overemphasize verse 20, just to obey and short, short of leave out the what? The verse 21. We can discipline too much and too harshly. But of course, we need to be balanced. We need to discipline our children as parents. But also, we need to what? To love them. We need to tell them that you love them. And not to do things that will discourage them. We need both of these verses, which is why God gave both of them. These two verses in verse 20 and in verse 21. So very important principle to take note when it comes to relationship between parents and children. Let me go now to the third one. Relationship at work. And he is addressing masters and servants or employers and employees. It's found in verse 22 up to chapter 4, verse 1. Let me read to you verse 1. Masters, treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now perhaps the first question that comes to mind when we read these types of a thing is, does the Bible or the Scripture condones slavery or condones bond servants. Okay? The root word of bond servants is basically coming from the word slave. slave. So, bangod kagin mentioning it, it seems that though, okay lang sa Bible, okay lang probably sa ginoo, ang slavery. Now, it seems it like, like this word, if you read it, uh, and if you're not clarified about it, then probably, basi hindi mo No, for clarity, let me say that the Bible never explicitly condones practice of slavery. Why did I say that? Why did I, I say that? Because the Bible tells us so. It does not say plenty about how well slaves are to be treated. Or like in the passage that we read a while ago. And, and many will take this and say that the Bible condones any and all kinds of slavery. But this is not true. Slavery in biblical times wasn't an issue of race at all. So, it's an issue of racism. 
or even always an issue of involuntary slavery. Now, when people had to many debts, kundamo sila utang to pay, they might sell themselves to pay off their debts. They're not so good if you go back to the history. Bangod siguro sa poverty. So, they would, why sila sang iban pang akwaan sang source nila? So, the only way is that they will sell themselves. So that, they simply bayaran nila ang kwarta eh, oh, in exchange with their service to the master or to the boss or to the one that can give them money in exchange of their service. So in a way for them, this is provision. They can provide for their families. That's why they sell themselves in order to provide for their families. Now, in fact, it was common during those days, but some people preferred to be slave so that they could guarantee having what they need in life. Now, this was more of what we call social status. Sometimes, if you try to look at some of these doctors and professionals, they are somehow become servants. Hindi bala kung ara sila, they are serving, in fact, to the point that they are willing to die sa mga patients nila. Damo sa mga doktor nagkalamatay in service to those who are COVID patient. So sila mismo na piktuhan sang virus and eventually died. Or other, you know, so-called servant na mga professionals. They want to serve the community with whatever skills they have. So they become, in a way, slaves as well. Now, it was quite different during the history, during the past. It's a different kind of slavery in several centuries. And that was because of race-based and also deeply rooted in the idea that people of certain races are inferior to others. Kung tanawon mo ang history man sang slavery is because of the color of the skin. That was then. So kung medyo lainigin mo yung skin color, mas nubo-nubo ka para sa iba. So in the history, kung putian ka gani, kung puti ka western, you have to serve them. Because of that. And that's basically, I would refer to racism because of race. Now, but that is condemned in Genesis, in the Bible. It was condemned because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, that all men were created equal. All men were created, even male and female, they, they are created by God in His image and in His own likeness. I'm not saying that slavery in biblical times was okay. I am just saying that it was very different that when we think of when we think of slavery in the past. Now for our sake today, we can largely compare the relationship between servant and master to what of the employer and the employee. 
Now, the reality is that these passages can relate with you and your work situations now, wherever you are working, whatever that might be. You can relate to this. And many of you have difficulty <laughs> with your bosses. Pray ko ng boss nyo, though, lainang iya ng attitude ka lang, iya behavior. Sometimes, tiya mo na yung bossy. Sa boss lang adaan nga term. Sometimes, ang connotation that can control over your life. It's so difficult. These are people that could be sometimes so difficult to deal with if you are just simply an ordinary worker. So whatever the situation it is, God basically based on this text is telling you and me to, to obey. That's the word. O-B-E-Y. Obey your master. Now obey our earthly masters in everything. And not just to look good. Not just when they are looking, I mean, when they are, when, when they are there looking at you. So you want to impress them. And you, it seems you are sincerely working hard. But basically, the truth is, some hate their bosses. And this is happening during the time of the New Testament people. So that's why Paul has to address this issue. Although he did not stipulate that if you, hate your, if you hate your master, just continually honor them, obey them. And this is exactly what Paul was telling. That's why in verse 23, he says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive what? Inheritance. So if you are working for somebody. Don't just work to show them that you're working and you're doing your best, but your heart is not there. I know it's not, it's not easy. But because of this passage, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, if you don't like your boss, if you don't like your master, this is what Paul was saying. You still have to work your best. Do your best. Do an excellent work. Why? Because you consider yourself working not for a person, not for your boss, but you are working for your three real boss, your real Lord, your real master, and that is Jesus. So as Christians, we are not to do things, particularly at work, half-heartedly because we don't like our master, but we are going to work as if doing the best, as if we are working for Jesus Christ himself. And that he is asking us to do our best work for him. We may not always get what we deserve from our bosses or our masters. We may not feel not being appreciated by those people who are over us. But the point is that we will have a reward. The Bible very clear. It says, 
Don't you worry if you're not going to be rewarded here on earth. You have a reward, an inheritance from the Lord Himself. Wow. Very powerful, encouraging word from the scriptures. To not obey your boss is to not obey God. Now, of course, there's a limit to that. Because if anyone ever asks you to commit sin or do something that violates your own conscience or conviction, don't do it. We answer first to God. But outside of that, we are to obey our masters, our employer, our bosses. So if we happen to be a boss, but some of you are masters, some of you are boss, CEO, you have a word if you're a Christian. If you're a boss or have anyone under you as an employee, I would take verse 5 or 25, sorry, up to verse 1, chapter 4. And he says, For wrongdoers will be paid back for the wrong he has done. And there is no partiality. And he mentioned the word masters. He said, masters, treat your bond servants or your servants or your slaves or your employee justly and fairly. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. If you happen to be a boss, if you happen to be a Christian master, a Christian owner, I want you to listen to this message. You have to show fairness. Express your appreciation sa imong mga empleyado. Not just by word, but tell them, you know, I, I am so thankful for the task, for the job, for the energy you gave. Because you are a Christian. You are a believer. You're expected to do that because you reflect Christ in you. Now, part of the freedom we have to obey anyone over us is because we know that God will ultimately take care of injustice. This is somehow a warning to masters or to boss. If, if you happen to be a Christian, tell you, God will see what is hidden in many eyes. And one day, He will judge the things that you have not done, particularly sa mga imo mga empleyado. So, for the boss or for the employer, they should serve us as a warning. You're to treat employees justly and fairly, especially because we have a loving ruler over us as well. Let me repeat that verse 1 of chapter 4, some Colossians again. It says, Master, provide your slaves or your employee with what is right 
and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Again, employers, be concerned about how you generously and justly treat your workers. Here is a revelation that God is concerned for justice and fairness. What an amazing truth from the letter of Paul. So the entire text is a great challenge for all Christians, for all believers, for us today. I want you to imagine, though, a world where all Christians treated people like that. We see this in the text. Don't you think if we truly reflecting Christ in our marriages, in our relationship with parents and, of course, children towards their parents by obeying them, and, of course, with our work, in our workplaces. Truly, we are preaching Christ to the people around us. So we see how we should reflect Christ as individuals. We must be able to reflect Him. And today we can learn to reflect Him in the way we relate to as husband and wife. In the way we relate to as parents, to our children. And children, how you relate by honoring your father and your mother. And in the context of workplace between husband or rather between masters and servants between employee and employers we have to treat because we reflect treat them as jesus treat them because we reflect christ in our lives so in all our relationship we should look at christ as our best example you see how Christ relates to many different people? That should be our life as well as we reflect Him in all of this relationship that we are talking about. Husband, wife, children to their parents, masters to their servants, or employer to their employees. We are going to look how and learn how we can relate. If we have failed somehow, there's always still a chance to change the way we relate to these people. Because I'm sure that it pleases our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords if we follow and obey what he said in the scriptures today. So, again, we are so thankful for the message because this deals with how we relate to many different kinds of relationships we have every day thank you so much for ca coming and uh, learning we learn together in the word of god god richly bless you before i pray let me just uh, remind you that uh, we are so thankful for some of you who are sending your offerings every now and then and uh, thank you for your faithfulness and even for some of you who are sending some of your requests and prayers please do that we love to pray for you we love to know what you are you know 
are doing now, please feel free to send messages to me in particular or to some of our staff if you have something to be prayed for. Ano mga concerns nimo? We are here to serve you. We are here to love you and to pray for you. Let me pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that those who have uh, given their lives to you, they are already believers and they are already Christians. And thank you, Lord, that this message is being addressed to those who believe in you. And they're not just only to believe, they're also able to express and reflect their life to others, to their neighbors, to people around them. And with these different relationships we have addressed today, thank you if ever of them ha somehow are part of these relationships and if they fail. Lord, thank you that they can come to you today and they can ask forgiveness so that they can start again and renew that relationship with a better understanding how to relate how to have the kind of relationship with these people that you gave them so that we can reflect Christ to these different kinds of relationships. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are able to touch wherever they are. Those who are sick in the body, I declare healing. Those who need provisions, I declare that you will supply their needs. Those who are emotionally driven today by difficult mentality or somehow Lord they are worried or they worry so much thank you that you can touch them so that they can be set free there is nothing difficult for you to do we believe that and I declare today that they will be set free today in the mighty name of Jesus amen and amen